Welcome to The Square, your podcast from the Iowa League of Cities, bringing you current and important topics from the communities across the state to your city's square. With your host, Mickey Shields, the Assistant Director of Membership Services at the Iowa League of Cities, and Bethany Cryle, the League's Communication Coordinator. Our hosts bring you topics that matter to your town square. Hi, Bethany. Hey, Mickey. Welcome <laughs> back to The Square. Welcome back. This is episode number four, right? Yes. Wow. We made we can, we've made it to number four. We've made it to number four. Ryan hasn't yeah. abandoned us yet. <laughs> Well, I'm actually really excited for this uh, episode. We got a lot of great stuff to cover. We have an interview with League President Scott Nauman, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. I think everyone's going to love that. He's a very enthusiastic and uh, hardworking council member in Bettendorf yeah. and also uh, really excited to be our new president. So I think that interview is going to kind of show who he is, his personality, and what he does over there in Bettendorf. We also have a question um, this month from a citizen that's going to... Uh, be fun to answer yeah, in our, in our your questions you, answer Mickey. segment and um, very excited our uh, get to know your league staff segment features none other than Bethany Kreil does anybody yeah. know who that might be I don't be? know <laughs> it'll be fun to get to know her so uh, oh. my co-host uh, Bethany we're going to put her on the spot for a little bit get to know her a little bit better and uh, we have a little trivia as always yes. but before we begin we do want to cover a couple things uh, that's going on at the league our budget workshops begin in about four weeks yep in November um, and December right yeah so so uh, as this podcast rolls out, it'll be uh, the budget workshops will be coming up soon. And so you can register online for those. And if you don't know what the budget workshops are, those are our annual workshop series designed to help cities get their budget season started. Uh, we cover all the basics of the city budget, plus give some financial projections. And we, and we also have an advanced topic, which this year covers the city property tax levy usage. The league is about to put out a special report on that. So that advanced session will kind of go through the data that we found in our research looking at property tax rates around the state. And do you present at these this year? I sure do. So That's if you can't uh... get enough of Mickey on the square, <laughs> join him at the budget workshop. Right. If you want to see what I look like, which is a dangerous proposition, <laughs> uh, you can come to the budget workshops, learn a little bit about city finances, and get to meet me in person if you can He'll stand that. He'll be signing that. autographs after. <laughs> yeah, right. Workshops. Haven't been asked for one of those yet. <laughs> uh, a few other things, too, that we wanted to cover. Uh, it's not too late to for your city to send in your home rule proclamation. We are still celebrating the 50th anniversary of home rule. Mm-hmm. And where can they get those? Bethany? There is a sample proclamation on our website. And if you just go to www.iowa.com, league.org, you'll see the a home rule logo kind of on the right hand side. You can click on that. There's a sample proclamation there. You don't have to use our sample proclamation. We just said it right. would make it easy. And then after you do that, let us know We because we are trying to track um, which cities have done that, how many cities have done it, um, and with the goal of getting all of the cities in we Iowa love to, to get do it. Everybody. So, yes. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty easy thing to do. And if you uh, need some help, you can't find it on our website, whatever, go ahead and give us, give us a call. We're happy to help you out there. That's right. And we're also getting geared up for the 2019 legislative session. If you can believe mm-hmm. that, that will be here before we know it. We got this little election coming up here soon. And I'm once sure you that, haven't heard anything about I'm that. Sure, yeah, no one's <laughs> seen any commercials or anything, but uh, we will have some new legislators likely around the state. So our legislative team of Robert Palmer and Daniel Stalder right now are getting ready for it. And it's always a big thing for cities. And uh, so keep your eyes open for that. We have a legislative link that comes out every Friday that kind of 
summarizes all the legislation and proposals that are important to cities. So if you haven't signed up for that, you can on our website. And yeah. it's also a good reminder to sign up for League Weekly, which is our weekly e-newsletter. It kind of yeah. gives a general information about important news for cities, events, workshops, grants, yeah. um, things the, leagues are, the league is doing and, and folks we work with. Um, we're also a couple other quick notes here. We're planning our 2019 Nuisance Abatement Conference, which will again be held in May. We did a, our first run of that this year and had a huge response to it. Yeah, sign up for League Weekly so you know when That's you can right. register yep. for this because it sold out last time. That's right, it did. And so we had to turn away some folks, actually. Um, but the 2019 one will be in mid-May. We haven't set the date and location just yet, but we're getting uh, pretty close to finalizing that. And also the uh, 2019 golf fundraiser will be held June 14th at Otter Creek Golf Course in Ankeny. And this is the second year we've been, uh, we're going to do that as a, a golf fundraiser. I'm really excited. We're adding a bags we tournament are. this year. Cornhole depends on where you're from, yep. right? <laughs> <laughs> so we've heard been called different things. We are going to hold that in conjunction with our golf uh, outing. And so if you don't golf, but you like to play uh, some bags, bags you want to yeah. be around, you're more than likely to come out or more than welcome to come out and do that. It's a fundraiser for the Tim Shields Endowment. Um, it's actually my father. Mm -hmm. uh, the endowment was created for. Uh, he passed away some years ago, but he worked for cities and uh, some folks wanted to put together a fundraiser for that. And the endowment's whole purpose is to provide funding for training for city officials. So leadership development, workshops, uh, different events and conferences around the state that happen each year. That's what that endowment supports. So it's a great cause. And that'll be June 14th in Ankeny. Every city official is welcome to attend. Elected Bring your officials, friends, staff, friends, friends family. Folks. You don't have yep. to be city. It's, it's Again, it's a fundraiser for a good cause. And as Bethany said, check it uh, for more information on League Weekly mm -hmm. as uh, the weeks and months roll by. Perfect. All right. I think that's all of our housekeeping. Are we ready to... I think so. I'm ready to, to talk to Scott. All right. Well, we're going to hear a few uh, clips from our first part of our interview with Scott Nauman, and then uh, we'll come back and handle our first question uh, for the Your Questions Answers segment. Perfect. League Board President and Bettendorf Alderman Scott Nauman with us. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. Pretty good. Thanks for joining us. So, Scott, to get started, we wanted to just ask a couple questions about your background and maybe you want to share with our listeners where you grew up and how long you've lived in Bettendorf. Sure. Uh, well, I was uh, born and raised in the Iowa Quad City, so grew up in East Davenport, which is it borders right with Bettendorf, and then I went right down Locust Street, like McKinley. Sudlow, Central, St. Ambrose. So I pretty much uh, was educated and, and raised within probably a you know five-mile radius of where I uh, started. So wow. uh, eventually, yeah, uh, moved to Bethel in about 2000 and have been here Wow. Wow, that is pretty unusual. Lifelong resident, pretty much. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and I suppose you look at that one of two ways. He, he could never figure out a way out or he really likes it. <laughs> We'll, we'll pick the latter. Right. We've been to Bedford. Right. Yeah, we can't blame you whatsoever. <laughs> Great place to live. So some of our listeners may be surprised to hear that city council members did not always, uh, they're not always wearing their city hat. They, in fact, have some private life <laughs> lives. And so what do you do when you're not at city council meetings? Well, I feel really, really fortunate to, in, in high school, when I was a junior, it seemed terrible at the time, but they, they closed the campus. So if the previous 
classes could leave and go to lunch and they had a free period. They could, you know, take the 45 minutes to run home or do whatever, but they stopped that when I was a junior. So my alternatives were to go sit in study hall and do algebra, or my buddies were signing out to go build sets for the theater department. And we went and volunteered and one thing led to the next. And then as a junior, I was in the play and then started doing lights and tech and building sets. And then as a senior, I had to lead in the senior play and continued to do tech and went on to St. Ambrose to do theater and all of that. And in the midst of that deal, I did, you know, a lot of community theater, Shakespeare in the Park, you name it. Um, I ended up starting a murder mystery theater company in the mid-90s wow. and have continued to write and produce. And it turned, it's a hobby that turned into a business, but write and produce these original murder mysteries. So Wow. That's crazy. It all started with Club Campus in high school. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, talk about making, you know, lemonade. Um, that's exactly how that went down. That uh, it probably never would have happened where I would have jumped into, because I'm not a real stereotypical theater person. Um, but boy, that is a great window to the human experience, you know, whether it's literature or theater, to be able to really help to understand what we all as humans struggle with through drama or to be able to put yourself in that person's position. I think it's been invaluable to me in my, not only whether it's sales or just to be a better a citizen too, is just to be able to have a little empathy and feel what others deal with. That's a really great point. I think that's an important lesson for everybody. I think, I mean, Bethany, are you guys still uh, season subscribers here in Des Moines? For Yes, the- we are. Uh, Willis Broadway Series season ticket subscribers here in Des Moines at the Des Moines Performing Arts. And yeah, I really have a lot of respect for the people who get up on stage and do that. But I never really thought about that perspective of the, the empathy that it teaches you when you put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's really evolved, I'm sort of sad to see some of the newspapers, for example, are so harsh in some of their reviews of community theater um, programs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some of these people are, are just trying it for the first time, or they mm-hmm. just thought it would be fun, or they wanted to get out of the house and do something different or creative. And not everything has to be perfect. You just, I, I completely think it's ama- an amazing thing if you can realize the, the product may or may not be good. But the work you're doing together or the relationships that you're forging with people and, you know, those things can be lifelong relationships. And it all starts with, hey, let's go volunteer and do this thing for six weeks and try to put on a fun show. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a gift, you know, to be able to find a hobby that, you know, is kind of rewarding. And, and, and I don't fish, so I had to do something. So this just ended up being the thing, right? All right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and imagine the lessons you've learned in community theater have helped you on your in your city council role. So what inspired you to run originally for city council? Well, that that's a little bit of a different twist. I had a career in the mid-2000s where you know, I was doing the murder mysteries, and then my wife and I had our first child, and she really wanted to stay home and be a stay-at-home mom. So she's like, guess what, honey? You need to go get a job. So I got into um, Highline car sales. And I did that for four years. And that was when the internet was really emerging in terms of a buying option. So I sort of ran that for the dealership too. And, and then after four years, I realized, man, I'm, I'm meeting really great people, but they're coming and going. And I'm kind of stuck here in this glass prison. I'm not really a part of the community. And so I was watching the world go by. One of my uh, clients was in Rotary. 
and she's like, hey, Bettendorf Rotary, we have a great amount of fun together. We It's a good cause. We're trying to make the world a better place, but I, we also do a lot of business together. So I joined that when I changed jobs, got into technology, and I went to all the chambers of commerce, too, and I was like, I just want to be on the membership committee and try to connect businesses. And the more I talked about that, there were some folks that were in government, not only the city administrator, but the mayor was in the Rotary Club and several council members. And they're like, man, you just try to find a way to solve problems and connect resources with the problems. And, you know, if you'd ever consider it, you should run for office at one of these different levels. And, you know, it just got me thinking that it's just another way to serve. So, I, you know, I just threw my hat in the ring rather than at the state level, which I thought, again, was a little bit more of a, not only was selfish lever to pull because I had little kids at home. And, you know, I, I wasn't really sure, honestly, that I would be the right person for those jobs. So at the local level, I just I just ran and it ended up that I didn't have an opponent. I, I think it, it worked out really well because I had just won volunteer of the year for the Chamber of Commerce. A few other things kind of fell into place. So I think it was <laughs> people were like, he's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was your turn. So how long yeah, have you really been doing that? Re- remind us. Yeah, so I, I ran in the end of 2009 and then took the seat in January of 2010. But, I mean, I kind of feel the same the same way others probably felt then. Look, if somebody else came along and I could look at them and go, you know what, they'd be a really, there'd be a fresh voice. It would be, it would be fine. Um, I didn't run with an ax to grind. I didn't run angry or, you know, you people are messing this up. I'm going to fix it. It's just like, I'm a reasonable person. If I sit down at the table, I'm the, I'm the type of person where I try to be. Let's just put it that way. You try to be the type of person that would say, a reasonable person given good information would think this is a good or a bad idea. And then you try to just do the best you can for your city. So I kind of got into this with the servant mentality of, I think I'll make a reasonable decision if I can get the right information and, and ask questions and we have great, great staff. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, again, in a little over two years, I'll have that decision to make. And do I need to be in that seat for another four years? I've got a lot of experience, been a part of all these budgets and the goals we've set have really come to fruition. But, you know, this is something to everything. I just absolutely love being a council member. Uh, you know, for, for Bettendorf, it's just a great job. So it's an interesting process, though, to figure out, you know, would you sign up for another four or, you know, <laughs> yeah. is it better, you know, to just serve elsewhere? I don't know that yet. Cross that bridge when you get there, right? You've been serving in the city for a while now. What are some of the important programs or fun projects that the city has done while you've been on the council? Or I guess in, in Bettendorf, you're called an alderman, right? Not a council member? Because you guys yeah, have a work system? Use, we use both, yeah. So, I mean, okay. I think you're fine with either either one, but you know, back in the in the early days, oh nine um, and ten, it was land-based casino. We could just get that; that would make a difference. We thought um, through the course of time, it's the I-80 and Middle Road interchange, which was just farmland and had so much potential, but nothing nothing there. And we were looking at. Uh, maybe a municipal-run sport complex or something, and this incredible competition for our dollars and resources while we're trying to have, we have really no downtown to speak of, but a significant desire for riverfront development, land we don't own. So as we've looked at how can we shape this, 
Um, I, I think it's incredible to see that there was a private investment. Uh, so the TBK Sports Complex is now built at I-80 and Mill Road, and it's about mm-hmm. a $60 million investment. And the spinoff of that, we believe, will be in the hundreds of millions of dollars and is now right along the interstate on I-80 is a, just a beacon of activity. And hotels, restaurants, commercial development, and other things are spinning off that. So it's super vibrant. Now we've got an Accenture Credit Union downtown, which is $10 million, and some housing going downtown. So as the 74 bridge, which is a $1.2 billion process that's been 20 years in the making, that'll be completed in 2021. It's not a little bit sooner. The weather's been good for them so far. I mean, there's just so much popping on both the riverfront side and the interstate side. So, you know, in between... It's a matter of keeping people safe, good good investment for fire, for police. And then there's some hotel properties that are uh, have been now initiated. And especially in my ward, I feel like, you know, this was going to be a dilapidated old building that could potentially be a disaster for a number of years is now reemerging with a brand new hotel. So we just can't quite keep up with the activity and the amount of projects that are coming toward us and about 160 new homes a year. So the the development, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I don't mean yeah. to be going on and on, but you know, I start talking about all the stuff that is going on at one time. It's it's pretty mind blowing. Yeah, awesome. it'll How keep exciting. you engaged for quite some time. And I was just over there not too long ago, and that, that sports complex is truly amazing. I'm sure it's going to be a anchor for that area for quite some time. Cool. Yeah, and it was again to see very limited. We we facilitated a lot, but. And it was a creative way to put the deal together, but that's a one in a thousand, or I don't even know what the odds would be that someone would feel like they wanted to build this for the legacy, like they're for their grandkids because they were traveling to other cities and spending thousands and thousands of dollars and didn't understand why they didn't have that back home. Like you never would find that kind of good fortune, but for the, you know, entrepreneurial spirit of one in particular. So amazing. It's always fun to hear someone who's passionate about their city and Scott's obviously very passionate Clearly. about that Endorf and what he does. So <laughs> it was a fun conversation with him. We're going to take a break. We'll, we'll pick it back up, but we're going to take a break uh, to do the Your Questions Answer segment. Right. Um, and as Mickey mentioned at the at the opener, we have a question from a city. We have a question from Amber Rogers. She's a citizen in Corridon. And her question is, and I'll just read a little piece of it. She says, we need help with our infrastructure, specifically streets and the pipes beneath them. Oh, she's not the only one, I bet. No. <laughs> so this is going to be an incredibly expensive process for such a small town. We are working to grow our town. We have a 200 job expansion coming soon to our local manufacturing facility, but we need help. Where do small towns turn? Well, first of all, I think we have to uh, point out that we got a question from a citizen, and that is fantastic. We got mm-hmm. people, citizens that are listeners. That is something that uh, I don't know if we anticipated that, no. but it just shows, I think it verifies that the Square is easily the top-rated podcast that covers city governments in Iowa. <laughs> I feel like the market's slim, <laughs> but yeah. One of one, but hey, we're still number one. Uh, oh. But no, that is a great question from Amber, and we do appreciate her sending that in. And 
I think it's something, as Bethany said, nearly all small towns face, and even larger cities too, and that's just simply trying to keep up with your infrastructure needs. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, I'm not sure everybody knows this, but there's been a lot of studies that show we have an aging infrastructure in Iowa, uh, roads, bridges, water, sewer, buildings, and uh, it's time to take care of those needs. And actually at our 2018 small city workshops, which were held last June, this was the main topic. And we recognize that many small cities around the state uh, have these issues and they don't really know how to begin. And the, uh, is, we could go on and on about this and that's why we had a workshop of, right. on it. You did go on and on about <laughs> we it did last go on and on. Yeah, you could go <laughs> on for a few hours easily. But a few things that I would tell any city that's kind of going through this is first things first, you have to plan for it. You have to have a plan. Uh, too many cities kind of skip that and they're always reacting to some need that they have, a new street that needs to be put in, a bridge that has failed that needs to be replaced, a wastewater facility that uh, they need to, the DNR has told them they have to replace in three years time. Uh, try to get ahead of it by planning it out. Having a plan puts you in a good position to also get good financing, uh, which is another key component to it. So it starts with going out, seeing what you need, assessing your infrastructure, and then starting to prioritize your needs. What what has to happen first? What's critical? What is about mm -hmm. to uh, ex exceed its lifespan and needs to be addressed now? Uh, what can be maybe uh, pushed down three years from now, five years from now? And then again, the financing is a big piece to this. Uh, many cities have limited resources with their budget. You don't have a mountain of cash to just throw out all your problems. So you're gonna have to finance this. So you have to schedule these out to maximize your tax dollars uh, to get these projects done. Uh, it's a, it, throughout the entire process, a key component to this is working with your citizens like Amber. You need to go out to them and tell them what's going on and get their feedback. At the end of the day, the citizens pay for these projects. It's their tax dollars are gonna pay for it or their utility rates that are gonna pay for a, an upgrade to your a utility system. So you have to engage them throughout. It's a key component to everything a city does, but especially when it comes to these major infrastructure needs. Um, it, 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 the city should also be looking for every every dollar they can that comes from outside the, the, the city. State and federal grants are available for all sorts of things, but you gotta stay on the ball and you've gotta be working hard every day for it. So uh, it's a big, big monumental task for any city and um, mayors and council members and city clerks in those small towns have a lot to do already, uh, but this, mm -hmm. is a, this is what they're expected to do. And the league can help you with that. We can give you all kinds of resources and kind of show you the way, show you what other cities have done with planning and budgeting for this. Uh, so there is a way to do it. It's tough, no doubt about it, but we can help you. So, um, you know, we would encourage all cities to take a serious look at their needs and start planning. Try to get ahead of it as much as you can. Perfect. Are there places that you'd recommend that they start when they're looking for resources outside their city? I would always start with the state. That's usually your best partnership. And in particular, uh, the Iowa Economic Development Authority has what is called Community Development Block Grant Funds. And those are widely used across the state for all sorts of local government needs, including community development projects. Uh, the USDA Rural Development Program has community facilities pro, uh, funds. Uh, some of them are grants, some of them are loans. The State Revolving Fund, which is uh, a partner offered through the Iowa DNR and the Iowa Finance Authority. Uh, it's a great program. Many, many cities use that to finance utility projects. So there are quite a few that um, are available. Some of them are loans, some of them are grants. You can 
layer these funds. You can get a little bit from different resources or different sources, I should say, uh, to make the, the dollars match up. Um, and there's ways to do it. It's, it's it, again, it's never easy, but uh, anything that's worthwhile. Planning, right? That's right. It all that, starts that's right. Well, well, thanks for your answer, Mickey. And yeah. I thanks to Amber for her question. If you have a question, you can email us at thesquare at iowaleague.org or give the league a call and just tell them you want to leave a voicemail for the square. That's right. So I think we're going to kick it to the second part of our interview with Scott and yes. going to go through a few different things here and we enjoy his answers. Yeah. So our next question kind of talks about city government and, and something that I feel like comes up a lot at the conference. But what in your eyes is probably the most difficult part of being um, um, a council member. Um, that's a great question. I, I think um, if you don't have an answer remember, and it's all easy peasy, that's fine. <laughs> well, the 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 honest truth is, I think every council member goes in there. It's a little bit like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Boy, if I get there, when I get there, I'm going to be able to make this kind of impact. And you know, the humbling fact is, really, you're one vote. <laughs> So if you realize that, and we say that all the time, somewhat jokingly, but it's really true. Like, hey, you're not a whole, you're not a whole lot unless you got three friends. So, so from our city, the way we work together and collaborate and respect one another, those relationships are pretty critical to be able to make sure, you know, am I kind of rogue on this? And maybe if so, I need to check where I'm at, but as we talk about what the concern is, then you realize I can build consensus or we can have intelligent debate and I may not have to get my way, but I trust my counsel that will end up coming to maybe a, the best solution for our city through honest communication. But you got to be humble and realize it's not there's not a whole lot of I in municipal government and remembering what the at the end of the day what we're trying to accomplish is to do the people's business and to serve our community and what moves us closest to that and doing the best job with that is what we ought to what ought to be focusing on. So, you know, you gotta be a humble servant and make sure that you're not, you know, just so arrogant that you have to win every battle and some of them don't even need to be fought. So Right. Well, kind of the opposite side of that, what would you say is the most rewarding ex- aspect? You've gone through the awesome things that are going on in Bentendorf. What's been kind of the most rewarding part for you? Well, a, I feel like if I can make someone's day a little bit better or we can solve a problem, everything that can be um, like a nuisance property or a barking. We got barking dog issues not far from my house with a kennel that's in the center of town. It's kind of grandfathered in, so there's not a whole lot we can regulate with it, but it's it's an issue. So to build maybe a a strategy turned out that we have now collaboration with the business owner and the neighbors. There's like an understanding that was able to be brokered. And I think that's a pretty gratifying thing. Simple, but it's, you know, again, we didn't have a great staff. If they weren't interested, just like the council members and mayor and administration that they just want to serve the community, then it would be hard, I think, to say, hey, this guy is complaining about this snow removal issue. If they're like, oh, that guy, well, you know how he is. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I know it's difficult, but let's reach out. Let's talk to him. Let's figure out what we can do. And that collaborate, that collaboration means, uh, in my mind, it's a great privilege to be able to partner with that. So it's super rewarding to, to be able to you know, be in the seat. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, uh, I think the cities that are successful, that's the mentality they have to be service minded in everything they do. Um, switching gears here a little bit, let's talk about the league and your involvement. Uh, first of all, how would you, talking to other people out there, how would you describe the league uh, to somebody who may not be familiar with our association? Well, that's another great question. I, I, I think when I started in government, I would get emails in the magazine and not really identify with it. So when I turned a little bit more sincerely, like, what exactly is this? Um how might I engage and, you know, all of the um, benefits that come from digging deeper. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great resource for people, but I'm probably one of the most misunderstood to someone who's duly elected. They don't themselves perhaps as actively engaged in that organization. So the more, that's why like at, at the uh, convention, I was saying, if we can think of the league sooner rather than later, and engage earlier and even often to share problems, resources, solutions, you know, all of it. I think we'd be better for it. But how to do that or how to make sure that people, council members, mayors, see themselves as active league members, that's a challenge. I mean, you guys you guys run oh, yeah. that more so than I do, mm-hmm. right? How do we get engagement? Yeah, yeah, we run into that quite a bit. It's a, it's a continual uh, issue for us, something that we work on with our board, of course, and at the staff level, trying to engage as many of our members as possible. A lot of times it's with those newly elected officials who may not be aware of us. I think, in, like as in your experience, once they do become aware, they realize the resources that are available to them, but it's it's a continual challenge. So one thing also related to your service on our board, you've been our, a board member for, for a couple of years and you were recently named our president. What do you enjoy about serving on a league board? Well, it certainly, um, it keeps me apprised of what, what's going on. What are the struggles at the, um, at the state level? What are other cities wrestling with and how is that being addressed by the, um, the legislature? Because frankly, like we've all been somewhat, uh, fearful of preemption and the loss of local control. Well, I think last year we had a sense of, you know, that that was a big deal that we continued to have issues that, you know, were concerned that local government is best when it's closest to the people that are represented. And, yeah, you know, I think it's a delicate dance to realize that the state's just trying to do its best job, too. And I don't think that, you know, to understand the dynamic requires conversation and sincere understanding of what or why things are done the way they're done. But to be closer to that and to understand the struggles, you know, last year's budget struggles were a big deal too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need to make sure that we're active and engaged and and we understand how cities are looking at. And fortunately, like, for example, Bettendorf, very, very different than what Davenport is facing with the loss potentially of any backfill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we've all sort of had that discussion and, and thought, well, we're very leery of this, but mm-hmm. we're better positioned than some cities to maybe address that thing. I think it might mean six or 700,000 to us, but when mm-hmm. communities are at that maximum levy and they're facing a shortfall of nearly $3 million, that's a huge hit. So how do they deal with that? The closer we can get to that as quad citizens, you know, in our case, mm-hmm. um, I feel like we got to have a voice at that table. 
Okay. We are going to do a fun little thing to close this out. And it's a, kind of a lightning round of questions, just some quick, fun things. So are you ready to go? They're going to be quick hitting. And we're sure. going to rotate. So Mickey's going to start. Yep. Are you ready? All right. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> All right, we're starting off with a, with an easy one for you. Well, maybe not so easy. What is your favorite place to eat in Bendorf? Uh, hemispheres. Hey, what's your favorite book? Um, Lord of the Rings. Ooh, I agree. How about favorite movie? Uh, I'm going to go uh, Casablanca. Favorite musical group or song? That's a great question. Uh, maybe like a Don Henley or, you know, I listen to a lot of the Ozzy Osbourne channel. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm <laughs> like the hair bands all of a sudden. I don't know what's, ha- what's happening, but maybe uh, I'm having a flashback to the 80s. Love it. 80s music's great. You can't go yeah, wrong. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Uh, favorite play or musical? Um, I'm going to say The Crucible. Okay, dog or cat person? Dog. Besides Bettendorf, where do you like to be or your favorite place to visit? Um, I really like um, the Florida Keys and <laughs> Mexico. I think you're speaking Mickey's language yeah, here. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Steak. Man, we're lining up here. <laughs> so do you have a nickname that can be shared on a family-friendly podcast, such as The Square? <laughs> um, sure. Well, I mean, a lot of people have called me Scooter. I wouldn't call it a nickname, but it's just something that I, it popped up here or there. But, you know, it's not really anything that is widespread until now. <laughs> yep. You're going to be called Scooter at every board meeting from now on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, funny. Who was your first celebrity crush? Mm. Fair Fawcett. Does that match for you too, Mickey? Uh, a little bit before my time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, favorite pizza toppings? Sausage. Okay, since you're in the theater, we have to ask, when people stand up for a standing ovation, are you usually one of the earlier people to stand up or one of the later people? Earlier. Okay. What What is the most unusual question or concern, complaint, whatever, that you've received from a citizen? Um, the most unusual thing that I think I've probably dealt with was right out of the gate when I went to get signatures to run um and i spent 15 minutes per house because of all of the drama that had gone on i think in the past <laughs> and I, I was like i i'm not going to be able to run for this because i've only got i'm 45 minutes and i only have three names <laughs> <laughs> oh funny okay yeah, so you know, it's, it's it's a it's a cool gig yeah. I'm adding a question in here since yeah, you talked about your theater experience earlier. What is the favorite um, character you've played? Well, I, I think that's why I said The Crucible because I, I was able to play John Proctor about 20 years ago. And it was funny how we said back then, like, oh, the McCarthyism and all of this, this stuff, this, this play is still um, applicable today. And now we're seeing what's going on in politics today. It's like, Wow, you know, this stuff is still Arthur Miller is a genius. 
Um, but you know, I'm a character actor. I'm, I'm probably, you know, as a straight actor, I'm probably best friend material at best, but <laughs> I'm a comedic. I can do all the voices and, you know, I just have a really great time with the, the with the character. So comedy relief, that sort of thing is really my forte. So, um, but that, that, um, it's such a raw play and to be able to go there emotionally is really a fun time. That's really cool. That is cool. Well, my the last actual question was, uh, what do you love about your city? You know, it, I, I'm sure everybody says I'm sure the people. Um, that's my, that's the easy answer. Um, but I do think that the collaboration and our staff of what we're all trying to do that's the best thing about what we're trying to do. We can't. We don't have angst and problems every single day. It's a lot of. Well, we just want to go to the next level. We want to get a little bit better and improve mm-hmm. this and that. But it's not because things are wickedly bad. Mm-hmm. It's because we're really trying to get, you know, we're, we're a playoff team already. So we just want to go a little bit farther. Right. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Scott. We really appreciate you joining us on the square and letting us learn a little bit about more about you and your city and yeah, thank you, Scott. That's uh, our members are gonna love this. You guys do. It would be it would be really easy for you guys to do little things like this, but like I've said, you know, uh, many many times, that the staff and the the league continues to do what I said we're trying to do back home is just try to get a little bit better and serve a little bit more. So the fact that you're doing this is really cool, and I know you can continually try to invent new ways to reach out and engage people. So you know, thanks for all you do. Yeah, well, thanks for your help. You got it. All right. All right. We'll see you soon. Yeah, we'll see you. Well, that was a tremendous interview. I think we're here at the league. We're all excited for Scott to be our president. I think the membership's going to enjoy his tenure. He's just got a, a ton of enthusiasm. I think that comes through pretty clearly. I think Mickey's probably going to lobby for, you know, Scott's favorite food is steak at a future board <laughs> meeting, right? We're, we're, uh, there's a lot of alignment there. <laughs> Those <laughs> yeah, lightning round questions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I am personally very excited for this next segment. We do this now in every episode where we, uh, it's called Get to Know Your League or get to know your league staff. We haven't really finalized what we're going to call it, but basically we interview a (laughs) league staff member. And this episode is going to be Bethany. Now, Bethany and I, we have worked together for about 10 years, Mm -hmm. know each other pretty well. Our kids go to the same same daycare. daycare. That's right. (laughs) But there's probably some things I don't even know about her. So uh, this is going to be fun to... uh, put her on the spot a little bit and ask a few questions about her background and okay. some of the things that uh, she likes to do and all that fun stuff. So first of all, what is your background? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Well, I grew up on a farm just south of Alden, Iowa, which is in Hardin County near uh, Iowa Falls. Mm-hmm. I guess that's probably the, the city most people have heard of, but the Alden Buckeye exit off Highway 20. I grew up on a farm. My dad has cattle and still farms. And, um, and then I went to Wartburg College in Waverly. So... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is an interview. Yeah. Yeah. Loosen up here. (laughs) What was your GPA? No, I'm joking. What did you study, though? Um, At Warburg, I studied uh, communications with an emphasis in public relations, and I actually thought that I was maybe going to be a journalist and then decided Mm. I didn't want to do that. And so I picked up an English composition minor, which is like writing. Yeah. So I'm definitely liberal arts educated, right? Like an English (laughs) English minor in uh, leadership endorsement and... 
Warburg's really, a fantastic college. It is a fantastic school. I'm sure you school. never went to Joe's Nighthawk. You know, actually, my husband and I are headed up there for um, some alumni events. He's speaking on a panel, and we plan on getting some cheesy fries while we're in town. So. <laughs> it sounds like we need a sponsor for this. Uh, right. Anybody up there is listening. <laughs> so how did you end up at the league? Well, I applied, and I interviewed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, after Warburg, I worked in a development, aka fundraising department at a social service agency. And, and actually, while I was at Warburg, I interned with Lutheran Services in Iowa. Um, and then when I moved back to Iowa, I, I took a job at the league, and I've been here ever since. So wow. I really, like I said, I grew up on a farm. I didn't really know that much about city government. Mm-hmm. And when you live in a small town, it doesn't really matter if you live in town or not. <laughs> you don't call it a city. You call it a town, of course. <laughs> right. And um, But I've learned a lot about city government since being here, and it's been a, a great sure. place to be. Yeah. So what do you like most uh, about working for cities? Hmm. Gosh. So much, I know. Well, there, well, actually, there is. So, I mean, obviously, I grew up in a small community and um, was a 4-H'er. And um, I think just, I don't know if this is true in every small town, maybe just my family, maybe just my community. But I think you were expected to be involved. You were expected to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm at a point in my life right now with two small kids and just kind of the way life is. It's, you know, that's not necessarily something that I can do. But I love that I'm still able to give back to a community, whether it's the one I live in or not, by helping our cities. Um, I think the people who work for cities do a lot of really great things and have a really great impact. And so it's nice to be able to contribute to that, even if it is a little bit um, mm. from afar. So. Well, we should bottle that answer up. And uh, <laughs> Did I get the job, Nikki? You nailed it. Did I get you nailed the it. job? So what, no. what, what would you say is the most challenging aspect of working at the league, What the stuff we do for cities or your individual job? Um, well, I work for both the league and the MWCA. Right. I don't know if a lot of people know that the, the league administers MWCA. Um, so that has some unique challenges. Which real quick, they, that's our workers compensation program just for anybody who yes. isn't quite aware of that. Yes. And so, you know, working there's, they're really two different organizations. They have a two, two different boards. So juggling that is logistically, I guess, complicated sometimes with my job. But mm-hmm. I would also say, um, the challenge of we as an organization, I think this isn't just me wish that even more people would get involved with the league. We are a great resource. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I work here. Like we are a really great resource. And I think that when people get involved, they see that. And so um, it would be nice if we could find ways to get even more people uh, to know who we are and to share our resources and use those Mm and um, yeah, get the word out better. That's I think think. the square is going to accomplish that. We're just going to. Oh, we're done then. (laughs) We're done. Yeah. (laughs) Job accomplished. Um, A couple other questions. They're a little more personal for you. When you're not in the office, where can you be found? Well, like I think I said earlier, I have two small kids. I have a four-year-old and a, I guess he's about 14-month-old, both mm-hmm. boys. Adorable. So I'm doing that, um, and that takes up a lot of time. I also enjoy reading. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier in our interview with Scott, my husband and I have season tickets to um, the Civic Center here mm-hmm. in Des Moines. So we like doing that. We, I don't know. What do I do in my spare time? I, I don't think it's re- quite a bit right there. <laughs> well, anyone with children would know that that's going to eat up it does. quite a bit of your free time. It does, but I love it. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. They're, they're great fun. I, I love them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, last one is kind of putting you on the spot here. Um, something that most people don't know about you, something that's uh, unique or interesting about you. This is always a tricky question for this people. Is hard. What's unique and interesting <laughs> about you, Mickey? I don't know. I would need time to prepare my answer. Um, <laughs> Um, let's see. 
Well, Mickey, I don't know if you know, but I am the co-host of a podcast. <laughs> I feel like that Did is. Did you ever think you'd be doing this? No, no. You Same know, podcasts here. weren't a thing. You know, right. <laughs> like, yeah. so when no, we were in college, I never yeah. dreamed that I would do this. I would say that is an interesting thing. If I had to play like two truths and a lie, I think mm. that would make the list. Sure. Um, I guess maybe another interesting thing when I talk to people, it generally comes up as you get to know my husband and I built a house here in Des Moines. Yes. It was an, uh, kind of an urban infill project. So I kind of got to work with my city um, on the backside. And I think I've shared this with Mickey that, and he was shocked by this. So I'll, I guess it's a fun <laughs> fact. If I had to pick like a, a city board or commission to serve on, I'd, I think I find the board of adjustment to be super interesting. I mean, I am still nobody, but nobody <laughs> says that. So because we had an infill project and we were using the footprint of a structure already on the lot, we had to get variances up and up and down. There the most exciting like part of city government. And so Everybody I, knows. Yeah. So I attended a couple <laughs> of those meetings and I thought they were really interesting. They are. So well, that's great. That, I mean, that's what it takes. So you got engaged <laughs> and, and you got to build your really cool home in the Sherman Hill neighborhood, right? Yes, yes. Which is an historic neighborhood. So anybody, anyone who works for cities that has a historic neighborhood knows how particular the zoning yes. can be and the design of buildings and what you can do with your yeah. homes and whatnot. So we were fortunate in that we didn't have to build a historic home. We just had to build a home of architectural significance. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that worked out really well, but yeah, that was yeah. a fun project. That's and cool. It was fun to experience cities from the citizen, the citizens. Well, side. I think we have a couple of contacts at the city of Des Moines. So I think if you want to serve on the board of adjustment, <laughs> we could probably make that happen. <laughs> well, that you're off the spot. That was uh, quite the interview. Thanks, Bethany, right. for Thanks, taking part. All right. So I think we're ready to move into our last segment here. And that is our uh, monthly trivia. And we actually asked uh, Scott Nauman, our interviewee this week or this month, uh, what the trivia is. And I think he has a nice answer for you all. Let's hear it. As we kind of wrap up our conversation for the day, I did want to ask you, um, at the end of last month's episode, we had a trivia question about Bettendorf. And you might know the answer to this since it's your hometown. But the trivia question was, how did the city of Bettendorf get its name? Do you know the answer? Well. If you don't, I'd love to hear like a balderdash version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Well, it, it, it actually has, as far as I know, it had three names. It's been called Lilienthal. It's been called Gilbert. And then the Bettendorf brothers had a um, factory in, uh, where now the Isle of Capri essentially um, casino is just next next to that, where they were building wagon wheels and industrial equipment. There's a factory down there. So uh, William and Joseph Bettendorf were now the namesakes for uh, the city. Awesome. That is the correct answer. Yeah, I we, uh, we totally Googled it and looked at Wikipedia, but you do <laughs> off the top of your head. That's awesome. Well, I lost a trivia question at, at one of the local things like, what was the original name of Bettendorf? And I think I said Gilbert or whatever. And then they hit us with that Lilienthal. I'm like, what? Wow. Where? So the people are like, oh, way to go, council member. Yeah, you, know, you don't even know your own town. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you're killing me. 
Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Never letting that happen again, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, you could have picked a better trivia question for me because that, that is the one answer I will never let go. So there you have it. Scott nailed it, and it uh, looks like he had to learn that himself. I, <laughs> and I know that uh, that's an important thing for every city, nearly every city website. You can go on there and find their history because it is so important. And I think anyone who runs for office quickly understands that, that you need to know the background of your city. Uh, so this month's trivia, we have a, a really interesting one. This is one of the more unique kind of facts in Iowa, one of the things I learned when I came to the league. And that qu- the question is, what is the only county in Iowa with two county seats, and what are the names of those two cities? Send in your answers to the square at iowaleague.org. And, uh, or you can tweet them at you us. Tweet them, yep, that's right. Post them on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. And some of our listeners probably live in those communities. That's so they right. I'm guessing so. know the answer. <laughs> yep. Great. Well, thanks for listening to The Square this week. Like we said earlier, please follow us on uh, or subscribe to League Weekly. You can follow this this podcast. You can listen to it on our website. Um, and then, like we said, Facebook, Twitter, there's a lot of ways to get a hold of the league. And, of course, please send us your questions for the Your Questions Answer segment at thesquarediowaleague.org. That's right. But it was good to spend some time with all of you today. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Talk yep. to you soon. See you next time on The Square.